This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. This is a podcast hosted by Wakato Environment Centre or Go Eco. We are a voice for the tile, environment, a centre for ako, learning and a catalyst for change. Hipuna Kōrero shares the aspirations and mahi of our team and community as we work towards a vision of healthy environments and thriving communities. Wā whakamutanga, I shared recent news and looked at the year ahead, 2022. You can fuck it on or listen to that podcast from freefm.org.nz or from your favourite podcast platform, search for Hipuna Kōrero. You'll also find our podcast in a tab at the top of the Go Eco Waikato Facebook page. E tēnā um, Today I'm going to be sharing my personal connection or the personal connection I'm making at the moment with Tatao, the environment, and that is through manu or birds. But first, some news and updates. Ko te ono o ko hi tātia, uh, there have been 27 drownings since the start of December, more than last year's summer period in total, which ends in February. Our heartfelt condolences to their whānau and friends go out. It did get me thinking about our urge to swim and our fresh water, and I have to admit, while I've never swum in the Waikato River and don't intend to, I know others who do, so during extreme temperatures, the urge to take the plunge and call off is strong. But before you jump in, here are some things you can do to reduce the risk when swimming in our hour. Observe the flow of the river. Take notice of what's happening in the area and anything that may be submerged at the bottom, particularly after heavy rain. Even if you're familiar with a spot, check the depth before you jump. It can change overnight. Always swim with others. Ideally, you'll have a strong swimmer on active watch from the side. A safe rescue is a land-based one. Know your physical limits and read the warning signs. You can read more of uh, safety tips in our water from watersafety.org.nz. Have fun, but stay safe, Arno. If you have tips for safer swimming holes around the Wakato, we'd love you to share them with us and you can send them through to us on social media. We rescued 35,013 kilos of food in December. By diverting 35,013 kilos of food from landfill, we saved emissions equivalent to 575 tanks of petrol being consumed. We pick up excess food instead of it going to landfill. It feeds people in our region and reduces carbon emissions. We couldn't do this without our food rescue partners. Nga mihi nui kia koto katoa. In particular, we'd like to do a shout out for our community houses, who most of whom are enjoying our summer holidays at the moment and are closed. They'll reopen soon and we're looking forward to working with them again. 
We know demand for kai significantly increases over the Christmas New Year period, a time when unfortunately there are limited food bank services or free stores available. We want to reduce the disruption of kai getting to our communities as much as possible, so we've only closed for those public holidays. The food we rescue will continue to go to crisis services and pataka kai over this period. We urge everyone else to make use of here to help you to access food parcels or any other essential services you need. You can submit a request online via the link below, which doesn't make sense on radio. If you are unable to submit a help request online, please free phone 0800 568 273 and state your name, telephone number, where the help is needed and a brief outline of what you need. The Here to Help You team will be in touch. Again, that's 0800 568 273. Please keep an eye on the Go Eco Food Rescue Facebook page for your nearest free stores and updates on their holiday hours. We're doing the Aotearoa Bike Challenge in February and would love to have more people join us. So sign up on lovetoride.net forward slash nz. Drop into the Bike Hub and learn how to fix or maintain your push bike for free. We've got the tools, some parts and the skills to show you how it's done, whether it's a puncture, faulty brakes or gears that get stuck. We also accept donations of bikes which we fix, rebuild and rehome. If you are new to cycling and would like to uh, support to feel more confident on our roads, please get in touch with mayaz at hmstrust.org.nz at the Settlement Centre on Boundary Road to find out when their next adult cycle training session is. Finally, don't forget to head to our Facebook page to find our other bike-related events for February. And also don't forget, if you want safe and healthy journeys to school, please sign the petition on Action Station. Predator-free Hamilton workshops will restart on the 2nd of February, that's from 10 until 12pm. At our monthly workshops, you'll learn about Aotearoa's most voracious predators, rats, stoats and possums, and what you can do to help protect our treasured native species. Predator Free Hamilton is working with local residents, institutions and agencies to encourage and coordinate the effective and humane control and eradication of pest animals within our city. If you would like to join the movement and help us move towards the goal to be predator-free by 2050, come along to a workshop to build your own backyard rat trap tunnel or build one to donate to the project. We'll also give you a T-Rex trap for free once you've completed your tunnel. This is a free workshop, but a koha is appreciated for the trap and materials. Just going to stop for a quick song break. The silver eye led me to a stream, told his friends, watch over me. He said, let's talk about the way you walk, about what's been happening. Sometimes the wind of the storm takes us somewhere we don't want to go. If it's paradise on the other side, we don't want to know. Breathe in, breathe out. The sun is shining on your face. On the 
other side I try to hide my world inside Of what's been happening He said, let's talk about the way you walk Don't hide at all from me You never ask for any of this, but here I am Sometimes the wind of the storm takes us somewhere we don't wanna go. If it's paradise on the other side, we don't wanna know. Breathe in, breathe out, yeah. The sun is shining on your face on the other side. On the other side. On the other side. On the other side, on the other side You never asked for any of this, but here I am You never asked for any of this, but here I am Sometimes the wind of the storm takes us somewhere we don't wanna go If it's paradise on the other side, we don't wanna know Breathe in, breathe out, yeah The sun is shining on your face On the other side 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 You never ask for any of this, but here I am Never ask for any of this, here we are. Kia ora, kete mai, puna kōrero. The waiata you just heard was Toho, or Silver Eye, uh, from the 2019 album Manu from Aro. And appropriate for today's kōrero, as soon I'm going to be talking about connecting with the environment through birds. I guess I should really start with my connection uh, to the environment to begin with, uh, before I talk about something that's been happening over the last couple of months, um, I'm, I was brought up in Gore and in Southland. Um, and if you're familiar with the area, you know it's really dominated by the Matoda River, a big, stinky, uh, brown, uh, smelly. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry, I don't have a lot of uh, really positive things to say about the river. It's something that's always been this big mass. Um, and I've always known, even as a little child, when I was swimming in it, that it was polluted and uh, probably not really suited to swimming. I don't know if the water quality's improved since, but it has always been this really, yeah, it's a brown river. Um, but aside from going for swims and, and learning how to swim in the river, and aside from spending most of my time in the river uh, growing up, I didn't really have a connection with the environment. It wasn't something we talked about. We weren't an outdoorsy family. Um, so apart from um, swimming in the river, there wasn't really a lot else that uh, consumed my mind about the restoration and protection of our environment. So as well as growing up in that place, um, I whakapapa to Whanganui um, and I've only recently gone there um, and was surprised at the similarities uh, and the familiarity of the landscapes there uh, to Southland, um, which I, I think in many ways is actually quite nice of, of that familiarity. 
uh, and also to Otago where um, my uh, Irish, Scottish and Polish family settled. And uh, interestingly enough, and I, I do need to learn a little bit more about this, but the reason the Polish family came over and the Irish came over is they were assisted in the Vogel scheme in the 1870s. So it was a free passage over here to work on the um, draining the swamps, they would call them, uh, to put down the railway lines. So that's uh, that was a settlement in Allenton, which is just uh, south of Mosgiel uh, in Dunedin. So uh, you can think of me next time you're going through that town of Allenton. Uh, it's where the, the Polish family come from. But I find that particularly interesting because, again, that's something that mirrors uh, what we did here in the Wakato, which was draining these uh, swamps or wastelands so that we could put railway lines and, and infrastructure through and something that in many ways we are looking to uh, to address now and to uh, to remedy that um, damage to the uh, to tail. And of course I've lived here in the Wakato for just over 10 years now so uh, everything here looks very familiar to me but it is very much different to the rolling hills of Southland um, although the river remains a constant. So I guess in that respect, I do consider myself a river person uh, by way of it's what's familiar to me. Um, I, I think the coast and uh, the beach is beautiful, but it doesn't ha- I don't have a spiritual connection in any sense. I don't know if I should use the word spiritual, but I don't connect with it the same. It's something that's very pretty, but it's not... Um, yeah, it's it's not where I grew up, and it's not something that I'm particularly familiar with, and nor is the bush. But that that is fast changing. So you would think that if I worked at GoEco with the work that we do, that uh, everyone would have a really strong connection with the environment. And for many, that that is the case. But for me, not so much. Uh, coming into GoEco, I entered through, I guess you would say, uh, waste minimisation. So I started off by um, really making an income for a couple of years of buying and selling retro and vintage, which really was, and, and that's from op shops, markets, or wherever people just are trying to get rid of stuff. But what that did was trigger in me an awareness of how much waste there is and how much uh, environmental degradation goes into producing goods, which we then have no value for in a really, really short amount of time. So that's sort of what led me to go to GoEco. It's that interest in how can we uh, consume less or how can we consume better so that we have uh, less of a negative impact on the environment. And of course, through doing that, I entered through the Eco Shop. Uh, have dabbled in the admin accounts. I'll say dabbled because it's not my passion. Uh, and also, and now find myself in the communications role, which is awesome because it means I get to learn about, uh, I guess, a wider range of the projects that we do uh, rather than just uh, retail. So that's been really cool. And I guess, you know, I've been, I'm interested in the work that we do, but it really is over the last couple of months that I've found myself being really deeply interested in biodiversity and biodiversity the word in itself doesn't sound interesting in fact it's a super boring word Um, but for me it really is how can and in the way that I look at it personally and this is not uh, you know a position statement of GoEco but biodiversity for me is really looking at the restoration of our indigenous flora and fauna so that's looking at restoring uh, Aotearoa to the way that it once was and the way that it should be. And 
we've got a long way to go, but every day in my job, I see so many projects happening around Wakato and around Aotearoa, which show us that it is possible to restore things and to um, the environment is and our whenua is just so powerful that it can heal itself, but we have to let it. We have to give it the space to do that, which is uh, why personally, um, anytime I see a rahui put on our water or our land, I I've just feel that that's the absolute right thing to do, and that is the way that we can recover some of the damage and threats happening at the moment. So, well, I, I wouldn't say that I'm a whole heap interested in plants. In fact, you could say, say that I'm not actually at all interested in trees and plants. What I am interested in is birds, uh, which may sound a little bit unusual. And over the last couple of months, I've found myself getting more and more bird nerdy to the point where um, I've started walking in the bush and not for and not I guess motivated by the need to exercise I'm probably I'm a bit more of a couch potato than I'd probably like to think I am but um, being motivated to see birds has led me to uh, walking in the bush and from that a much deeper appreciation of the environment and of course it also has really um, powerful benefits for mental and physical well-being. Now before I talk a little bit more about the birds, I just want to, it's really just a bit of a shout out actually, uh, a couple of months ago, um, and, and we're, when I'm saying a couple of months ago, this has really spawned from our most recent lockdown, which I think was about August, September. So from then, um, I've taken two courses with Earth Diverse, who I urge you to check out online. They have uh, courses running all throughout the year. They're extremely affordable and super interesting and well facilitated. So I had the pleasure of doing two of the courses. I did the Social History of Birds, which is the one I call my bird nerdy one, uh, which was uh, facilitated by a junior lecturer, Michael Burton-Smith, who was an amazing storyteller. So if you see Social History of Birds... I recommend checking that one out. The other one I did was uh, Restoration Education, uh, which was facilitated by George Lusty. Now, George Lusty coordinates the restoration um, work at Mangaonua Gully, which is over at Silverdale, uh, Silverdale Road, the corner of Silverdale Road and uh, Morrinsville State Highway. Um, and look, the course... I was on the course technically for professional development. You know, it, it supports my communication works. It does help you to explain things when you kind of know what you're talking about. But really, secretly, it was more so that I could spend more time out with our in our environment because I do love bushwalks and our birds. Um, so I've come to really, I've actually really come to rely on going for nature walks, particularly from lockdown, um, for for my own well-being. Um, so it seems to me to make sense to learn a little bit more about restoring those places that I really enjoy spending time recreationally. So, I mean, for you as well, if you're somebody who really enjoys being outdoors, if you're somebody who likes to go out for a bushwalk, if you do have time, um, maybe consider joining up with a local uh, restoration group to help protect that environment so others can also enjoy it further along the line. So, uh, yeah, so I've really enjoyed doing the restoration education course um, through Earth Diverse and recommend that for anyone really interested in getting hands-on. Um, we really learned about the Bradley Method of Restoration, which is really uh, disturbing things as little as possible. Um, and, yeah, planting natives, showing you how to remove weeds, again, 
with as little damage to our native seedlings as possible. But anyway, I'm not the one to teach you about all of that thing, uh, all of that work. Um, that's something you can learn either on the course or heading to um, a restoration working bee near you sometime soon. I do urge you, though, if you were close to Manga Onua, to go check it out. It's a short walk um, to go through, but it is really beautiful. So uh, please go and enjoy, but also take your rubbish home with you because we found quite a bit of that in the, the day that I was out there helping um, with those volunteers who are amazing. They head out every week, every Thursday morning, um, and to do weeding at this time of the year, but also they end up clearing away your rubbish, which is actually really not fair. But now on to birds. Uh, so as I mentioned, uh, from lockdown, I became interested in finding out more about birds. I'd had my interest peaked um, and I was starting to do little bushwalks to to see uh, birds that don't come to visit me at my home in Dinsdale. And the interest in birds really started with uh, my work um, as uh, in the campaigns for Bird of the Year to Mangaronga Nui Ototo. It's an annual uh, competition run by Forest and Bird to elect the bird or bat, as it may be, as it may be um, in Aotearoa. So through that competition, um, over the last two years, I started to grow my appreciation of our, our native birds. Uh, for example, I learned lots about the kōkako, um, which is one of our wattle birds, um, an ancient family of birds which includes a North and South Island saddleback and extinct huia. In Māori myth, the kōkako filled its wattles with water and brought it to Māori as he fought the sun. Uh, and Māori rewarded the bird by making its legs long and slender, enabling it to bound through the forest with ease. And that's why with kōkako, you don't really see them flying around as much as you do leaping from tree to tree. Uh, in 2021, uh, we ran the campaign for the matuku. Uh, the endangered matuku is a wetland bird, uh, which we don't know a whole lot about because it's so secretive, um, but we can hear them. And they have, they call it a boom. It's more like a noise uh, that you hear during mating season. So really an unknown bird, which is why it was so good for us to be able to, um, to help more people learn about this bird or learn even that it exists and that's the beauty of the bird of the year competition it's a way for us to learn more about our native birds um, but one of the things that I did find out uh, through the bird of the year competition is that for all of these birds they're facing um, habitat loss um, and predation and they are the things that we really need to work towards um, so protecting their habitats and protecting them from predators, which is why the predator-free movement is so important. So as well as Bird of the Year, uh, for the last probably five years, I've done the Garden Birds Survey, which uh, has you out counting the uh, birds in your own garden, um, which, you know, I mean, some people who might live next to a gully might have some really exotic birds that come, when I mean exotic, I don't mean exotic, I mean interesting, I guess you could say birds, but I live in Dinsdale on a main road, so the ones that we find on a daily are blackbirds, sparrows, starlings, miners, the European goldfinch, heaps of those this year, the welcome swallow visit us for about a one weekend, a piwakawaka occasionally, a spotted dove, tui, which was like one day, uh, at the end of lockdown and Toho or the silver or wax eye and that's the, the name of the song we heard just before uh, they are self-introduced but still considered natives and the reason that they are called a uh, Toho is means stranger or new arrival uh, to Māori 
I thought that was pretty cool. And they're also one of my favourite birds. They're the um, olive green colour, really small with a white ring around their eyes. So I've had a lot of fun trying to take photos of those. So as part of being interested in birds, uh, part of that is trying to get photos of them, which proves extremely difficult at times. Um, and on the Go Eco Facebook page, uh, later on today, I'll share some of the photos I've taken over the last few months of different birds. So moving away from home, um, we can look at wetlands and the different birds that may live there. Uh, black swans, Canada goose, the Pūtangitangi, which is the paradise shellduck, mallards, a Eurasian coot, Pūkeko, pied shag or pied cormorant, uh, the kawaupaka, a kōtuku nūtapapa, I've got to get my um, mouth around that word, and the royal spoonbill, which is another of my fave, which I saw for the first time in real life in um, the Howard Memorial uh, Walk in uh, Warrensville or Te Aroha? Te Aroha, um, very recently. Um, so it's been, yeah, I think it's really interesting. You start with looking at the birds at your home, then you head out to uh, wetlands and lakes, and then I've moved further out to uh, to the bushwalks and Zealandia, which was a bit of a highlight most recently. So this is where things get a little bit more uh, physical in terms of uh, bird spotting. So it's really easy to see the ones at home, obviously. Lakes tend to be very flat, but it's when you start to get out into the bush to spot birds that you're going to be taking... Um, yeah, it gets a little bit more physical. But I've been able to spot the kereru, the metal metal, tomtit, uh, tieke, uh, North Island saddleback, the whitehead, uh, totowai and North Island robin, the kaka, uh, pepe faroroa the, and the hihi stitch bird, which was an absolute highlight. Uh, they're one of our rarest birds and that was at Zealandia. So that was very, very cool. And that's not even to me um to get into the coastal birds. We've been I've been spotting seagulls, petrels, shearwaters, albatrosses, um, tui tui fatu, uh, which is the dotterel, which is one of my faves. Super cute. There's only about two thousand five hundred left. Um and they are at risk because they live and nest uh on the coast which um is at risk of erosion and people trampling all over them. So when you are at the beach, please Stay away from any places where you think there may be nesting dotterels. They do need your protection. So moral of the story, it's not too late to find your connection to the environment. Mine is through birds and through seeking new birds. I'm discovering new landscapes and places. Um, you'll find some places resonate more uh, than others with you. You might not be able to explain that or, or you, you may not. But my uh, favourite place that I feel the best is Purongia so far. Um, and I've recently put my hand up to volunteer there. So that's a way that I can give back while I'm enjoying so much being out there and, of course, spotting those birds. And that's it for today. Unfortunately, I didn't get time to talk too much uh, about them, but it's really just wanting you to um, encouraging you to pay attention to the birds when you're outside, uh, in your garden, at your lakes and out in the bush. And then we can uh, talk through ways over this year for how we can protect those uh, from habitat loss and predation. Kete Fokorongo Mai Kweki Puna Kordero, a show hosted by Go Eco Wakato. Go Eco Wakato Environment Centre are a not for profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport, and enterprise projects. You can find out more about our work on social media, Go Eco Wakato, by heading to our website, goeco.org.nz, or better yet, popping in to 188 Commerce Street, Frankton, Hamilton. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to Hipuna Kordero on your favourite podcast platform so that you don't miss an episode. Kia pai tora, ihoama. 
For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.